It's Survivor's Friendly Fire Show, episode 208, for the end of August 2022. I am one of your co-hosts, Steve Wright, and joining me is Ben Salter. Hello, Ben. Back for another week. Back for another week. We're not end of August. We're like mid-August. Mid-ish, like end-ish. Mid-end-ish. It's the years are blur. Time Long has through. no meaning. It's, it's, mm. it is what well, it is. That's a bit deep for this podcast. Let's not go into the what time really means topic. Uh, but I did leave you hang. Well, I left the, the listeners hanging at the end of last episode because I want your take on what do you tell people on when they all ask you, how do I get a PS5 or an Xbox Series X? Very easy to get a Series S, but in my experience, nobody wants a Series S. They just like, nah, I want the real console. Uh, I'm forever being asked this because people assume I know how you get one because I have both of them. I got lucky. Basically, full disclosure, I did get an Xbox from Xbox and I bought a PlayStation because I had a good inkling when they announced it and they had like that 7 a.m. press conference or whatever that they would announce that it's ready to pre-order right now. So I was just ready to go. Since then, and that was ages ago, it's almost been impossible to get one. So what do you say? Well, first, it's usually casually uh, slanted people who ask me. So I generally will try to convince them to get a Series S, to be honest, um, because I think it's decent value. Um, but then having to go through like the caveat of no disk drive, small storage. Yeah. But like, I think for most people, it's not really worth it. Yeah. yeah. Readily available, though, and Game Pass is like... The, I, like I, I tell people if they're like, oh, do I get an Xbox or a PlayStation? And like, it's me and my achievements and gamer score and stuff. But like, Game Pass is it's slowly less of a best value proposition because you know you could make an argument for the PlayStation Plus uh, subscription service. I, I grant that. Um, but on the topic of how do I get a PS5 or an Xbox Series X, uh, Ozbargain is kind of like my go-to for every single thing, especially when people ask me like, how do I get a good TV? It's like, well, like I, I recommend these kind of brands and these things, but you have to check and make sure it has the things you want, like. 4k like hdr like da 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 and then like mm. be patient and that's kind of the thing with with xbox and playstation drops is like you're gonna have to be patient it less so of late but um there's also good resources on twitter i know an australian uh two australian accounts there's uh, at australia ps5 and at x oh sorry australia x s x xbox series x um, and the guy there is generally like t- tweeting whenever their stock drops anywhere. Um, if it's on Amazon, it's an affiliate link, but you know, whatever, pay the guy forward for, I'm, for finding the stock that you want. So what, what do you, how, what do you do? Uh, well, very similar to that. So there are two Osbargan accounts. There's like the main one and there's another one, which is, there may even be three. I think there's like a hot. Osbargain things is like a new Osbargain post. So like the new one tells you stuff as soon as it comes up. Oh, like, like on Twitter, not like the mailing list in the website. Yeah. See, I don't tell if people that. that. That's smart. No, I mean, I don't really tell people that. It's just if you're on Twitter, that's a quick way to get it normally. Uh, easier than it used to be. But the main advice I still give people is if you see it, do not dawdle. Like it used to be kind of selling out within like a minute. Um, it's a lot longer than that now, but still buy it straight away. Like, don't be like, oh, should I get it? Or I'll, I'll just go do this quickly first when I come and buy it, or I need to go find my wallet or whatever. None of that. Buy it immediately because within a few minutes, it might be gone. Um, don't wait, basically. Um, 
The annoying thing about PlayStation now is of the last six months or so, it's only sold in bundles. And that's because retailers can, they know it's a super hot product and they can get away with it more or less. So you will not get a PS5 for less than about 850 anymore. And that's because, yes, it does come with a game, but if you didn't want that game, it's essentially an extra hundred bucks you've had to spend on a game you didn't really want. Um, sometimes it's a digital game. I think maybe the Horizon bundle is digital. And I think maybe like the GT7 one is an actual disc. So I've heard of people just trading it back into EB immediately yeah. to pay off that same console, which they do let you do, which is a bit shifty. Um, and JB is the same though. Like they're all just bundles only. So um, half of you are <coughs> hoping for a PS5 without a specific game, because I think that's going to be the only way moving forward. Xbox doesn't seem as bad. And it also seems a little easier to get. They last a little bit longer, but still it's often... Um, EB often do it as a pre-order now and you'll get it in like six weeks or something. Not necessarily a get it today, it's in stock right now, which seems to be more common for the PS5. And we seem to be in agreement, I guess, on the, the Series S, Series X thing in terms of like hard drive and all that kind of stuff. But like, where do you sit, especially now, on yeah. the disc or discless PS5 now that you have had hopefully some time to try out the SSD that you bought at my recommendation and have slotted into your X or PlayStation 5. Yeah, I had to watch the video, as I said a few episodes ago, on how to take the cover off because bloody hell, I was doing that wrong. The instructions, I need to see the 3D version. The uh, the text didn't help me with the correct weird sliding. Anyway, once that's off, the hard drive's in, it's all good. Works very well, relatively cheap. I have loads of storage space. Uh, and most of my games now are from PlayStation Plus. Or they were digital to begin with, to be honest. I have... Yeah. My only disc PS5 game is actually a PS4 game, which is Horizon, because it had the free PS5 upgrade, so it was like almost 50 bucks cheaper to buy the disc. And that's still the reason why I think you buy the disc drive. Like in Australia, the disc versions are always cheaper. Um, and I've had things like Ratchet & Clank, which I bought on disc when it came out, and I played it and I loved it, but it was like a 10-hour game. So that went straight back to EB, and I got a good chunk of that cash back, which you can't do um, digitally. And I just think... Um, still in Australia, and this is not the case in a lot of places in the world, but a lot of our games do launch on disc about 25% cheaper than they do digitally. Yep. Um, and so that's the reason why I would have a disc drive. Not because I want to play the disc version, but so I have the option to play it. Yeah, and this kind of this is an argument that goes back into like to the dawn of time. If if it, if you're one person with one console or like one of each console connected to one TV. Get the disc version and you can save quite a bit of money buying the disc-based version of a game. The way that the things work, like you still have a giant need for the internet. Like the game's not really on the disc so much as like it gives you access to play the disc or to the play the license of the game that you have to download in full anyway. But um, if you can save money with the disc, you absolutely should. It gets a little bit more complicated when you have multiple people and multiple consoles in your house. So, like, it, it, I, we, we've probably gone over this, but, like, I think it's a good refresher. Um, in my circumstance, I have two Xboxes, two Playstations, one upstairs, one downstairs. My husband plays video games downstairs, and those are the home consoles, which mean anything that I buy, because it's my home console, he has access to the license to on those con on those machines and because i'm logged in as me upstairs on the other ones i can play those games as well so if you had a, as an example a disc of something only one person can play that physical disc in either location but because it's a digital purchase we both could theoretically be playing the same game on the same console at the same time 
And that only is important if you're in that specific situation. So Small group. Uh, I think the digital side is more of a factor because you play multiple games, right? So often there's like, oh, I'll play this game. Oh, the disc isn't in the console. Where is it? I have to change disc. I mean, that sounds so lazy, but often I don't pick a game because of that reason. So most of my games are digital, but in the current market in Australia with how much cheaper games launch on disc, especially for a short game that you can just flip basically, doesn't make sense to have a console without a disk drive at this point. And the Series S also, like it had half the storage of the one of the uh, Series X. And with how much those expansion cards cost, outrageously more expensive, uh, the extra money is almost worth it for that extra storage space alone. Like, yeah. I, and I then think you the put Series in like S, computing power and like the actual like oomph behind it. Yeah, yeah, when you get the rest. I think the the Series S, I think it's priced well in the US where it's like that magical 299 compared to the 499 console. But here it's like 500 versus 750. And I think 500 is too much for that console. I think it needed to be like 399 versus 750 for that pricing to work in Australia. So I'm not surprised they're on store shelves because as a secondary console for the kid's bedroom or something like that, um, makes sense for a Game Pass machine. But as, if you only have one Xbox, I don't see why you would ever get a Series S in Australia. Yeah, well, and like, I guess my, my Series S recommendation might be going out the window soon because if you can buy a dongle for 50 bucks or whatever that connects to your TV and just streams games over the cloud, because mm. our internet's getting decent enough to support that. Like, that's, that's the go-to. Like, you get Game Pass, get this $50 thing. Like, most of the games that you're kind of interested in are there. Yeah, and, and if you decide you want something else, then you have options to to scale up. But do you um, know how? Do you know whose internet is about to get better? And in fact, this is my last ever episode on Fiber to the Curb. Next Monday, apparently the twenty second of August, I'm getting Fiber to the Premises connected. Uh, you can get it for free now if you're on Curb or Node. If you're in a certain area and you upgrade to a two fifty down plan and you stick with it for at least twelve months. Uh, I did not realize how the guy came already to connect it to the side of the house. It just hasn't been connected inside properly. Took him like 10 minutes. Like I don't realize, understand why they didn't do it to begin with because um, so like you've got your conduit under your like driveway that links to the side of your house where your copper wire is. And so they just pull the fiber through that from like the curb thing. Oh. Uh, like there's no digging or anything, like, <laughs> at least not for my house wasn't needed. So why they didn't just do this to begin with if this was the solution for most houses i don't know yeah well at least it's gonna happen like we're we're using we're leveraging cable so hfc so um i don't know when they hooked up my house if they just put no because that's not it wouldn't be fiber they'd have to put fiber all the way from my house to the curb to mm. the wherever so like I'm never gonna get well I'm not never going to get fiber I think it's there's it's more likely to happen under our current government than the one before but um yeah but can't they if you have like HFC now that they've bought that can't they theoretically make that super fast like fiber anyway like I get I get 110 down and like I was getting 15 down before this so like 115 is like I'm okay with that that's fine um, that's more internet would always be good but. Anyway, that's that's good news. Congratulations, dude. It's it been a long time coming. Super stable podcast uh, <clears throat> coming soon, potentially. Well, there you go. Uh, before we get into our topic for real this week, a uh, bunch of stuff that went up on the website um, since last uh, episode. So not only do we have that, I think it's by the time this comes out, I think it's probably 
the contest is either done or it's very quickly going to be done, so just go check. Uh, you can get, uh, potentially, win a Cult of the Lamb DualSense controller, but Hamish's uh, Cult of the Lamb review is up. I reviewed Rollerdrome, which I think we talked about a little bit before when I did the preview ages ago. And also, we are OFK, that um, band biopic episodic title that is by the guy who did Hyperlight Drifter. Mm. You haven't played any of these things, so like, let's not talk about it. Uh, if any of those pique your interest, though, and you want to play through some of them, I would recommend Cult of the Lamb. Um, we can always talk about those next week, or the week after, or whatever. But um, they're on the website for you to go look at. Perfect. Ka- kaboom. What do you want to talk about this week, Ben? Well, uh, next week, there's actually a big thing in the gaming calendar, which seems to have been forgotten by almost everyone, and that's Gamescom's back. So it's always been like Gamescom and E3 is the big announcements times. Um, E3 died, and apparently it's coming back next year. We'll wait and see how that pans out. Gamescom kind of, like, just... They always have this weird, uh, like, like German guy writing his emails in English that kind of sent, I'm sure you get those as well. And it's kind of like, dear person, like, it's a bit hard to understand what they're talking about half the time. And he gives it a crack. If I had to write in German, I would totally stuff it up. So good on him. Um, I believe last year was a digital only event. So it was like, it's Gamescom, but not really. And this year they're back to normal. Does that sound right? Yes. I think the last two years were digital. And it was maybe that thing of like, oh, it's going to happen. Oh, no, no, wait. Uh, the world is still on fire. So we'll... Uh... Surprisingly, it was kind of thing it was going to happen this year, but it's fine. It's it's in person. It's a thing. Go. Uh, for the listener, Gamescom is actually a massive event. So it's way bigger than E3. It's way bigger than like any PAX or anything. Uh, and that's because it's, it's more of an expo than an announcement event. So there are stuff announced. And traditionally, there were kind of press conferences. They're more like little announcements. Like they're a bit shorter than E3, but they're... The major players normally had like a little show to announce some stuff. That's kind of all diminished a bit. Um, but the reason being is like they have a massive show floor and I only walked around it briefly because they had a separate like chilled area for the media who were there. So we could kind of avoid that, which is not the case at E3. Um, E3, of course, originally being an industry only event, whereas Gamescom has always been a public event. So then they would have the public side, which was just massive. Like I've never seen a convention like it. Um, I went in 2018 when they had like Spider-Man had just been released and there were people lining up for hours to play Spider-Man is my big take being like, why don't you just go down to the shop and buy it? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, amazing event and I'm glad that it's back. But from our point of view, or just people generally watching at home, what do we actually think is going to be there? Well, Gamescom's always had that kind of issue of it, it being more like a PAX, I guess, in terms of... of marketing and messaging because all the big announcements came out at e3 or summer game fest or whatever you want to call it and then gamescom was always more of like a here's an update two months on about how development is going for the things that you likely already know about Um, often a good update right they were often kind of like here's actually something that makes like we announced this game and we don't really show anything and now we're going to actually show some actual gameplay footage or like something that's cool about it like they were often not pointless announcements sometimes they were oh yeah so like if if e3 in june was like hype this was more like an actual in-depth looks like from from the everyone perspective and from a journalist perspective i think and and I know that you've kind of dealt with this too. Like when we went to E3 and stuff and they announced Spider-Man, we'll just use that as the example. And you're like, oh, here's 50 million questions about that. And they're like, ah, well, we're not ready to talk about that yet. Just this, just this second. Yes. Like by the time you got to Gamescom, generally 
they could talk about at least a little bit more, if not a bunch more. And they had a chance to kind of see what the public was responding to and then, like, at least decided to open up the messaging to extra bits and bobs that they could discuss. So it wasn't just like, we're talking about these three dot points you have. Great. Like, it was it was, it was was better from, from that perspective. But also, was it better enough from that perspective to go from Australia to Germany? Uh and just if you like, want to go to germany like, <laughs> yeah. deal with like what 30 hours of flying plus and then like all the jet lag and then like it was it was pretty rough like it was it was great i would i oh, would yeah. and like the beer in cologne is amazing the kolsch the weird little like tall skinny glasses that they put the beer in and the way that they like yeah well, mark it's the down how many you have it's the opposite of the rest of germany so like i've been to munich where they give you the giant one liter steins which is very touristy, I get that. It's from Oktoberfest, so look, that's the only time they really have them as an actual German person. Um, but that's what you think about when you think of Germany, whereas Cologne, which is a city that Gamescom is in, uh, gives you these little tiny, like, 200ml little beers that have been, like, brewed that day or the day before or something. It's all fresh. Um, and they have a system of when you... Because it'd be very annoying to have to go to the bar every time you want to get one of these tiny beers. Um, the man just comes along. I guess he's a waiter, whatever he is. He seems to be the beer guy. And he just, he tops you up when you're like halfway down. Um, and so it's just kind of like endless. And he just marks on like his little coaster how many you've had. Yeah. And um, if you don't want any more, you put your coaster on top of your glass so he knows that you're yeah. done. And then they judge you. If you do that before like the whole <laughs> table's clearly done and someone's just like, oh, I'm done. I'll just have a Coke or a water or something. Like, the guy's kind of like, oh, I'm disappointed in you. You've had two mini beers. Well, as anyway. you as you rightfully should. Um, the weird thing about Gamescom, you were you were mentioning it. Like I I stuck to what's your? I went a year when a Battlefield was coming out because hmm. I talked to Lars at Dice and I forget which Battlefield. Wouldn't have been four. Would have been one or five. I think it was one. I can't remember. So That's really bad. 20... 16? I reckon 16, because it would have been... Was it the? I reckon there was a year where you went to Gamescom and I went to E3, which I think was 2016. I think so. I'll Google it while or you're talking. 18. I'll mute myself so I'm not clickety-clacketing. Um, but anyway, like the point was, I, I think I think the, the media place was kind of like a little less busy than the E3 media and like general public areas were. Like, not like... You didn't have a whole bunch of space, and it wasn't, like, easy to get from A to B. It was still, like, there's a lot of people here. But I went to, like, the public area, and it was like I was at a rave. Like, just people packed. Yeah. Like, there was no room to move or breathe. And I think, like, COVID me would have, like, an anxiety attack having to deal with, like, a a group of people that that large. So I'm sure it's not going to be that that, uh, busy, especially in the first year after all the, the pandemic stuff. But, like, it was insane and like you said it's kind of like the packs like people lining up to play a game that's already out you could just go to the shop and just get it take it home or just queue for another game that's not out yet and really get your your money's worth out of the experience but um just crazy i would say it's probably like 10 to 20 times bigger than pax australia if not even bigger than that like it's it's crazy it's so many halls there's so much going on each line seems to be hours long but of course this was all pre-covid days um and I would still recommend going. Like if you, I wouldn't recommend just going to Germany for that specifically. But if you happen to be in the area at the time and you want to pop into Gamescom, absolutely. Like it's a massive spectacle and it's just a bunch of people who love games. Like it's a great vibe to it. Um, 
a bit much for me in terms of crowd management and trying to get through and being like, yes, there's just too many people here. Um, that's what happens when you, I think there's like 300 people, 300,000 people a day or something goes like something ridiculous. That's bigger uh, than the population of my hometown. Well, think about like to like the MCG fits a hundred thousand people totally full. So like that three times is what is going around this convention every day. It's just, it's insane. Uh, that was at its peak, of course. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's back though. Cause it was, it was always good to have kind of like E3 is the full business show. Uh, TGS is kind of like the weird, what's going to come out of Tokyo. Not a lot, but always something quirky. Here's 50 then, JRPGs for you. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Gamescom is like the quirk, the slightly more relaxed, um, kind of European style, very European style show, uh, where you got a bit more of a deep dive, as you said. So it has its place and I'm glad that it's managed to survive at least in some form. But I guess in, in this, in the, in the, like, if, I think that's a really good assessment of, of where everything sits. And I think the the issue potentially this year is that if you look at E three and Summer Game Fest, it's like there's not a lot of stuff that was announced, or there's not a lot of big things. And like even you know, like last mm. week, Marvel's Midnight Suns got delayed again. Like it's this weird time where the pandemic is kind of caught up to us in terms of development, and everything's getting delayed, and people are worried to you know like announce something or put a release date to it. So like the messaging's like a little bit like screwed up, really. So there was less yeah. stuff announced in mid 2022 there's probably like less stuff going on at gamescom and also like you know like the big players like the sony's and potentially the activision blizzards i'm not fully versed on gamescom like they're just not there we'll do our own thing like why why do we need to attach our wagon to this i know like xbox is going to be there but like i don't think they're going to announce anything new um and things like QuakeCon, which is them because it's bethesda like that's where they're going to go into a deep dive for redfall we already know this so it's a we it's a weird situation that we're finding ourselves in. Yeah, I mean Xbox will have a few things because they always find something. And they've had no games this year, like they've got to do something. You can't turn up at these expos and continue to have nothing. Uh but the rumors are pretty bland. Like the ones that have come out is a brand new white Xbox Elite 2 controller. Like, what don't bother with that. Do the Elite 3 that one doesn't have any issues and two has a goddamn share button on it. And no um, scuff marks if you get a new one in the mail. No. Throwback to last week's episode. Uh, yeah, I like, who cares about a different color of that controller? It is a great controller. It has less issues than the first one, which constantly broke, but it still has issues. Like, it's it, for a $250 controller, it is not as premium as it should be. Do a third one Xbox. Don't worry about the white one. Yeah. I'd, uh, be, I'd be more excited about, like, a white Xbox Series X that gets debuted. Mm. A lot, even alongside this this controller, but yeah, like that's more exciting to me than 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 a controller that's however many years old at this point. Like announce the Elite Three, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only other Xbox rumor that I saw was uh, games not in Games Pass coming to Xbox Cloud Streaming. So there was a screenshot of Elden Ring being streamable, um, which sounds great. Very good game. We're both fans. Both a thousand gamers scored that game, so it couldn't be bigger fans. We're the coolest, um, and you suck if you haven't finished it completely like us, because we're the best. We don't have anything better to do, uh, because other people I've spoken to are like, I'm nowhere near finishing that game. Like, oh, okay, well, I should probably find some other things to do. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Dark Souls um, 3. I Sorry. don't know that I can be. Anyway, maybe. maybe. <laughs> uh, there, some people interpreted that as Elden Ring coming to Games Pass, which would be a good get. Like, I mean, it having it being the game of the year, probably launching on there within six months or whatever it's been would be good. But then other people saying um, more likely, and it actually looks like it's just games which are not in Games Pass, 
coming to cloud streaming, which makes sense. Like if they're going to go all in on that, um, you should be able to pretty much stream anything. Yeah. Well, and it's like it's starting to get to that point where anything in your library eventually will become something that you can just cloud stream. So that's good yeah. news. Matt is clanking around in the kitchen, and I don't know if it can be heard. So I will do it later on. I can't hear it at all. I muted myself. That's his... you muted you muted yourself, and I thought you were shouting at at something, and you hadn't realized that you muted yourself. So dead air on this show very briefly, but it was funny if you're watching the video. Well, yeah, and you and you sure. should, uh, and uh, make sure to thumb up on uh, YouTube and like us uh, on your platform of choice. And right. it comes when it comes to podcasts, five stars, reviews, tell a friend. Good plugging. Yeah, thanks. Uh, sorry. Continue. Uh, well, that's the only rumor that I... Those are the only two rumors which are really le vaguely linked to Xbox that I've heard. Uh, have you heard of anything else that may or may not be at Gamescom? Not really. I'm starting to get, like, press releases of all these games that are going to appear. and Like, they're not embargoed, but Ooh. it's, like, it's nothing that is exciting. <laughs> sorry, everyone who's been emailing me with their, their games. It's a lot of, like, indie stuff. It's a lot of smaller stuff. It's a lot of niche stuff. Um, mm. so if you're going, there's quite a lot of stuff to go and look at that may or may not tickle your fancy. Um, but yeah, like, I don't think there's anything huge. Xbox said they're going to be there, but they haven't said exactly what. Um, there'll be a bunch of, like, he, because they've been digital the last two years, there'll be a bunch of stuff just dropped online. So even though, um... I would say everyone, if not almost everyone of this show, is not actually going to Gamescom listening to this show. Uh, you probably will get a better experience being at home kind of now because previously it was all more about being there. So you get that deep dive of it. You get to play something. There wasn't that much to announce as you have gone over because it was all announced already. So it was like watching a long presentation or something, things which didn't really translate to online. Because I've had to be digital, I think they're better at like, Here's just, like, it doesn't have to be a show necessarily. It can just be a, here's something which has come out. A bunch of publishers and especially small developers will just use that as the time to announce stuff. So I think there'll be some stuff, but not as much as pre-COVID. Yeah, and it's it's Europe, so it's either completely broken a clock or it's somewhat manageable time. So the beauty is, because it's not something that you need to, like, it's not like a like a no, a Thor at the movies where you have to watch it immediately or else it's going to get spoiled. Like, it doesn't really matter so much. So, like, just partake of it when you so choose. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I don't know if there's anything else to say about Gamescom. Sorry, I cut you off, but... No, well, there's nothing else to say about Gamescom except that speaking of Gamescom, PAX Australia's back this year as well. So... That's another show that's been gone with uh, COVID not really allowing it. I think they tried again last year, if I recall, and then they had to call it. Um, they kind of left it as long as they could, but obviously it still couldn't happen in that the things were not quite where they needed to be last year. Um, but exciting that it's back, and yet it's going to have to be different again this year. And I think they might have pros and cons. I it's... don't know what they are yet, but I'm, I think it might have some pros and cons. Like things will be different, but there might be things which are better as well. Yeah, it's that weird thing of, I think because PAX has always been weird. It always comes out at a time where like the big games have either come out or like two weeks away. And I know that there's a lot less of a, the, that situation going on because there's hardly any games kind of coming out at the tail end of this year. Um, yeah. But it's like, do you, if you're not feeling, I haven't got COVID yet. I don't really want to get COVID to be honest. So like, I'm happy keeping to myself when I need to. Um, if I, if I was a consumer and I was about to go and see games that were like just released last week or like are out in two weeks, like 
I could probably just wait and do it at home, like we were just saying about Gamescom. Um, and in terms of like journalism, maybe if there's some big names, I'll like slap on a mask and head over. But like, I don't, I don't know if I have a, a huge need to, to be honest. I don't know what you think about it. Uh, I think it's good that it's back. It's great that we have a big expo like this. It's a great. It's it's similar to Gamescom in that it's a great feel to walk around. And if you aren't often a part of those things, and now I haven't been for a long time because there's been no events for years, um, and I've gotten used to them not happening. But I used to go to so many that I think I took things like packs for granted. In that, like, it's like don't really have time for this. Um, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people lining up for stuff, which is I still don't fully understand that. Like lining up to play a demo of something, like not necessary. Um, but just the, the feel of similar like-minded people having a good time. It's mostly um, kind-hearted people, I would say, generally speaking. But there's, there are some um, unusual people sometimes who just push you out of their way and that type of thing. But generally speaking, I think people are in the right kind of mindset. Yep. Um, and then like going all the panels and stuff, we've been on a couple. We had one that we did like 10 years ago or so. The first pack, actually, that popped up In again. the mud-riddled pits of, of the showgrounds. Yeah. Um, I don't think... No, I was on a few after that. I can't remember if we were on the same ones after that, but it was, uh, yeah, good time. I've done a what couple... What are we on this year? <laughs> Wait, how many years? Uh, I'm on... I'm maybe on one. I don't think we've been approved. Um, I got approached on the day of uh, deadlines, and I didn't mm. pitch any myself, so I'll, uh, I'll keep you informed. But keep as, as uh, we were wont to do, I think I've been on a couple packs panels as like a fill-in for people last minute, so... Don't invite me in the first place, but I'll yeah. I'll, uh, I'll rock up to help you out if you need it later on. I guess. That was a good. Actually, the other one we did was for Mario Maker. That oh, was with Jamie, there. and that was that was really good. That was great. That was so. That was um. I don't remember what year that was. Maybe 2015 or 2014. Whenever Super yeah. Mario Maker came out on Wii U, and it was uh, three journos, so the two of us plus Alice Clark against uh the guys from no who were a Sydney developer. Yeah. Who um so it was journos versus developer to make a Mario Maker level. Um, and so we, obviously the crowd could see what both of us were doing on the screen, but we could only see our own one. Um, and we each had to make a level and then hand over the controllers and basically play test the others. And we got totally stooged because being developers, they put right at the end of the level, they put a warp pipe that took you back to the beginning of the level, which meant that we, cause it was a race to finish, I think. Um, and so we basically got stuck. And then we also had a section in our map which wasn't made that well and you could just like jump over the whole thing basically because you could like warp pipe up to some clouds and just run down. We didn't do any play testing is what I'm saying here. Well, and they did. <laughs> like look, they they developed a better game. I'll I'll give yeah. them that, but we critiqued their game far better than than yes. they did ours. So, yes. I think it, was... it kind of went to expectations. <laughs> It was a good panel idea. I like those ones, which is kind of like something happening, which is not necessarily just people talking about stuff. Yeah, people talking at you is not ideal. I've done a whole bunch of Destiny ones where, like, it's it's a little bit of that, but also they've been really good about bringing in, like, um, like the voice of Eris Morn, uh, Morla, came in the one time. And it was just, like, it's fun for people who are, like, that invested in the game, especially Destiny, um, to, like, meet people from it and they have like they had uh, devs from from bungie and stuff and that's the good thing like you can listen to journos talk about a game till your face falls off and we do that anyway like that's we're doing that right now we do it in words so having like people and it's harder in australia i get that but like having people who've worked on these games from san francisco or wherever they're based like it's 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 nice to get those kind of perspectives and there's been like really really cool like i've met chris charla a couple times 
uh, Shannon Loftus, who's now retired. Like Microsoft brings some like fairly big names, like people that you wouldn't really get access to normally as an Australian. So it's like, and, yeah. and not just for like journalists, they do panelists. Yeah, they do a lot of things. So I'd, I'd be more inclined to go if, if more publishers and developers did that kind of thing, like make it some big ticket event because it is a big ticket event. It should be a big ticket event. Yeah, absolutely. Good that it's back and we may or may not be there. <laughs> yes, you can come and visit and you can stay on that couch and we can occasionally pop in or just go to the pub or something. Yeah, well, that's all part of it. You know, the, the Survivor crew haven't been together as a crew for years. It would have been in the PAX some years ago when we were going to have a Survivor part. 20, oh, we did do one. 2020, 20, 2019. Yeah. Definitely not 20. That was the year the whole world was locked down. Maybe. Oh, yeah. 2019. Would have been 2019. That's the I wasn't there. That was when I was overseas. So I was there last 2018. Maybe the year before. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Long time ago. Maybe next year. Maybe this year. Who Who is to say? We'll find out. That's right. And that's uh, that's all for this week, I think. I think so. How do we find you on the internet? I am Ben underscore Salter on Twitter. And yourself? Now that your internet's about to get souped up, uh, I'm SWriteAU. Uh, I have no idea what's happening on the website. A whole bunch of stuff from Gamescom. Uh, some stuff that I knew was going to be published, but I uh, can't tell you about because of NDAs. So how's that for rumors and news? Uh, but it'll be on the site when it can go up. And then we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it next time. We'll do that, and me and my fiber to the premises will see you next week.